Well, this Thursday is Thanksgiving, and we don't want anybody uh, here to crash land into the holiday if we can avoid it. And by crash landing, I guess I mean this, that we can spend so much time getting things ready for people to come stay at our house or getting food ready or making sure we have travel arrangements and other things that we don't have time to actually think about what are we thankful for. And then all of a sudden it's Thanksgiving day and we're around the table and it's like, hey, does anybody want to say something they're thankful for? <sighs> Awkward silence. I'll be thankful when this is done, okay. I don't want to sit here and just blink at people and try to come up with something meaningful in the spot. Well, today, this week and next week, we want to talk about things we can be thankful for. What a blessing it is to have a national holiday dedicated to this. But oftentimes, we just don't take the time to prepare for it. Today, we will. So this Sunday, we're going, to say, we're going to remind ourselves, we're going to see what the Bible has to say. And these are just a few things. This is not exhaustive at all. These are just a few things of things or a list of things we can be thankful for, things that we have. Next week, we'll talk about things that we don't have. And there are a lot of things through a relationship with Jesus we don't have. We don't have fear of dying. We don't have guilt. We don't have shame. I'll tell you, we're going to talk about that next week. There are so many things that we do have through Jesus, and you're going to hear them in just a minute. I want to have a word of prayer before we jump in and ask God to bless our time together. Lord, I thank you for Thanksgiving Day. I thank you that this week I'm going to get together with family and we're going to be able to celebrate. I, I look forward to it. But Lord, I would be wrong to just be excited about being with family and not give you thanks. The whole day is a day set up originally to give thanks to Almighty God for his blessings. And so, Almighty God, today we want to remember why we're thankful. Remind us, move me out of the way, Lord, speak. In the name of Christ, we pray, amen. Point A on your outline, it's important that we thank the Lord because he is good and fills our lives with good things. I mean, it's important to thank God because he's good and he gives us good things. Listen to what the scripture says. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Listen, to, that was Psalm 136, verse 1. Here's Psalm 103. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins, heals all my diseases, redeems me from death, crowns me with love and tender mercies, and he fills my life with good things. This is why we have a Thanksgiving day, because we're giving thanks to a good God who gives us good things. It's important. Here's a note here. God gives good gifts to everyone because he is good. And if you're going to emphasize anything and out of those three words, I'd emphasize the word is. He is good. You'll see that I just want to spend a little time on this because this is terribly important. This is, a, this is part of God's character. Good is, goodness isn't just something he does. He is good. I mean, he does good things because he is good. When Jesus was trying to explain to the disciples the goodness of God and how to treat people, I mean, this is from the Sermon on the Mount where he's correcting lots of wrong ideas about God and what it means to serve him and what it means to be like him. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 5. You've heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And in that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives us sunlight both to the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. 
If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? One of the things that Jesus made very clear is, is that the goodness of God extends to the whole human race. When he talked about the sun and the rain, the people he was talking to all lived in an agricultural economy. And when you're dependent as shepherds and farmers on the rain and the sun, well, if you don't have rain and sun, you don't live. And Jesus said, well, I hope you've noticed this, that the rain and the sun are given to both the good and the wicked alike. When God sent the rain, it didn't just rain on the righteous people's crops, it rained on the crops of even the people who mocked him. The same thing's true today. God gives good, good gifts to the whole human race. People can still have good families, even if they mock God. He still gives them blessings, even if they don't trust him and don't even believe in him. And sometimes people use that as an argument. Well, if there's a God in heaven, how come he blesses everyone? Well, the reason he blesses everyone is because he is good. I was trying to think of an illustration of this, and the closest I could come was this little device right here. If you're not familiar with it, this is a ball-throwing device. I was getting this out because my son, one of my sons is coming home and bringing his dog, Duncan. Duncan is a golden retriever. And when you have this ball and you throw this ball for Duncan, Duncan will retrieve it. You throw it again and he'll retrieve it. You throw it again and he'll retrieve it. You throw it again and he'll retrieve it. I could keep saying that for hours because that's what he would do for hours. So I went and got this device because the last time I was with Duncan, I threw the ball so many times my arm got sore. And I need this. This allows me to throw it without wearing my arm out. You don't have to coax Duncan. You don't have to beg Duncan to retrieve a ball. He retrieves the ball because he is a retriever. It's baked in, hardwired. That's what he is. He would retrieve a ball till he drops over from exhaustion. I don't have to beg the Lord to be good. God is good. Let that sink in. God is good. In fact, could we put Psalm 136.1 back up there? Where, and I, the first few words I highlighted there were, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. I'd like for us to read that together. And I'd like to, for us to emphasize the word is. Can we read that out loud, please? Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. One more time. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. He's not just good some of the time. He's always good. And you go, well, John, I've been through some hard things. It's true. We live in a sinful, fallen world. But you know how good God is? He sent his son to die on the cross to pay a penalty for all the sins of the whole world. To conquer death and the grave once and for all. So that we could have a way to spend eternity with him where there's no more death or sorrow or pain ever again. Amen. You're going to hear lots of things about how good God is about with his presence, with his word, answering our prayers. You're going to hear all that today. Because God is good. Our world is not good. Our world is filled with lots of things that are very bad. And Jesus told his disciples, in this world you'll have many trials, many sorrows. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Our hope is not that we're going to live here forever. I mean, Prattville's pretty nice, but no. 
our hope is in the Lord. We live with him forever in heaven. And he'll give us strength in this world. Now, one of the things that struck me when I became a believer, when I gave my heart to Christ, was the fact that God had been good to me all along, even before I was believing in him. He'd given me good friends. He'd given me good food. He'd given me family and love and give me all kinds of blessings I didn't even deserve. Even when I was sinning against him, rebelling against him, not listening to a thing that he was saying, living my own way, he was still good to me because he's good. So listen to this list. I prepared a list of some things that any of us could give thanks for right now. And we don't deserve them. He gives them because he's just good. Put them in the form of statements. Thank you, Lord, for my relationships, for my spouse, my children, my parents, siblings, extended family, friends, neighbors, coaches, coworkers. There's so many people in my life that I could thank God for. You too. Thank you, Lord, for my resources, for my house, my car or cars, my clothes, food, appliances, furniture, paycheck, savings, insurance. So many things we can thank God for. Remember, again, I don't want us to crash land into Thursday. What are you thankful for? And we've not even thought about these things. When's the last time you thank God for your parents? When's the last time you thank God for your car? Thank you, Lord, for answering my prayers, for rescue, for healing, for forgiveness, reconciliation, new start, courage, wisdom, love, direction, etc. If you prayed for a baby, Lord, thank you, God, for a baby. Thank you. That's a little harder at 3 a.m., but... We need to thank God anyway. This is what we prayed for. This is the job. Over the last year, has God given you a new job? Has God given you a new house? He gave us this beautiful new facility. We moved in in January. Oh, I'm so thankful for it. Thank you, Lord, for my opportunities to work, learn, grow, and lead in my job or my career, in my school, in difficulties, difficulties. Yeah. Do you know that the hardest professors I had in my undergrad and in my master's degree, getting my seminary degree, did you know that the hardest professors I had were the ones who taught me the most? Their classes were difficult. I still have the notes. Sometimes I look back on, I learned more from those guys than anybody else. Hmm. Thank God for clubs and organizations, for this church, opportunities to lead. Some of you go, I've never led before. This is the first time. Thank you, Lord. I never even thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for showering me with blessings, health, freedom, strength, pets, vacations, gifts, skills, laughter, memories. He does this for all of us. And you know why? Because God is good. Could we say those three words together? God is good. He doesn't just know what goodness is. God's the source of all that's good. And though we live in a fallen world, he gives us good things. Though we don't deserve it, he's good to us when we're not good to him. Amazing. We don't need to forget this. Got a Thanksgiving holiday coming up. That's why we're thankful. We give thanks to almighty God for his blessings. Secondly, it's important we thank God for what we have through a personal relationship with Jesus. Anybody could thank God for all these things, even if they don't believe in God. 
But if you have a personal relationship with God through Jesus, well, that's a game changer of all game changers. Here's what it means to come to Christ. To come to Christ means I acknowledge I'm a sinner. We live in a fallen world. It's broken because of sin. The entire human race has fallen. I'm one of the human race. So are you. And to come to Christ means to acknowledge that and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've gone my own way. I have not acknowledged you. I have not been obedient to you. I've been running my own life. And Lord, every time I take the reins, I run it right into the ground. I do sinful, shameful things. I do wrong things. I do foolish things. Bring all kinds of pain and sorrow into my life that you never wanted me to have. That's me. And God, I'm tired of it. I give my life to you. My life's a mess. And I will never be able to get my life right. So I come to you. It's acknowledging that Jesus, God's son, came into the world to pay the penalty for our sins on the cross. He died in my place and in your place. Payment for all my sins forever. He also promised his Holy Spirit to come and change us and empower us to live life as we should. And he promised eternal life in heaven we talked about a minute ago. I need to give God thanks for that. And here are seven things that would fall out from that decision when we come to Jesus. First of all, I can thank God because through Christ, I have a new identity. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. There was a gentleman I talked to at this run we had yesterday, the half marathon and 5K. The subject came up, how'd you come to know the Lord? He said, well, he'd known the Lord for 15 years. The Lord reached out to him. At the, he was at the bottom of the barrel, a chronic alcoholic, and had just run his life right into the ground. The Lord rescued him from jail is where it all turned out. He said he gave his heart to the Lord. The Lord changed him, and he's been sober for 15 years. And look, not without the help of others, not the help of without organizations like AA and accountability, but the Lord gets all the credit. The Lord's the one who gave him the power to do it, the power to really change. Gave him a new identity. Brand new life. Is that you? Has God given you a new life? Changed you? Has me? When's the last time you thanked him for that? This church is made up of all of the believers here are filthy, rotten sinners who've given their lives to Jesus and been cleaned up. If that's good news to you, would you say amen? Amen. That's who we are. We have a new identity. Not only are we born again, people, we have been adopted. Listen to this. This is Romans 8.15. God adopted you as his own children. So now we call him Abba Father. Above that, you can just write the word dad. That would be the vernacular for that. That's what Abba Father means. It's a term of endearment. It's what my kids call me when they come home this Thanksgiving. They're going to go, Abba Father? <laughs> yes, my son. That's not the way it's going to be. It'd be, Dad, yeah. Can you imagine that? God has adopted us into his family. Almighty God has adopted John Schmidt into his family. So I can go, Dad. Remember Jesus told the disciples, hey, how do we pray? Our Father out in heaven. Now he's even, Paul's saying, you can even go more endearing than that. You don't even say Father, you can say Dad. Amazing. So now we call him Dad. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we're his children, 
We're his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. I am a child of the king. The king of heaven is my dad. The next time you get discouraged and you're reminded of all the foolish and shameful and sinful things you've done, and there have been plenty in my life, the times when you meet somebody who would be glad to put you down and say that you are stupid and wrong and worthless, and there are people like that in everybody's life, there's an antidote. It's called the Word of God. And the Word of God says, I am not stupid, worthless, and no good. You know who I am? I'm a child of the King. And I've been given a new life through Jesus Christ, and He's working on me. I hope you know that. If you don't know Christ, you've got to come and talk to us about this. You've got to get in on this. This is the best deal ever. But I want to tell you this, if that's the case, then I don't need to listen to stuff like that. I know people could be mad at me and I know people might want to put me down, but I am not going to embrace that anymore. There were times in my life, when, when, especially when I was a kid or other times when people put me down and I would let that affect me. And now I go to the Lord and say, Lord, that hurt what somebody said to me. And Lord, so I'm coming to you today, dad, I need you to strengthen me and remind me that I'm a child of the king and you're working on me. Notice I didn't say I had everything figured out. And I've never made any mistake. I, that's why I came to the Lord, because I am a sinner. I've come to the Lord because he is working on me. But I'm a child of the king. I'm a child of the king. Can we say that together? I'm a child of the king. I hope, man, I hope you know what that means. If you don't, please talk to us. I'm an heir of God, a co-heir with Christ. Wow. Adopted in his family. That brings us to the second point. I not only have a new identity, I have a new family. All praise to God. This is Ephesians 1. That was Paul in Romans 8. Now we're in Ephesians 1. Paul says there, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we're united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That's what he wanted to do. Gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belonged to his dear son. Now back to Romans 8 again. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. That's the way the Bible tells us to view ourselves, those of us who are believers and followers of Christ, that we are part of God's family all around the world. And if I'm a believer and you're a believer, then I'm your brother and you're my brother or you're my sister. Some of you grew up in church traditions where they really emphasize this. And I know that because you introduced me to your friends. This is our pastor, Brother John. I love that. You can call me Brother John anytime. And I go, well, thank you, sister. Thank you, brother. It's true right here. We're brothers and sisters in Christ, made whole 
made clean by Jesus, sins all washed away, adopted into God's family. Now I'm a part of a big family and I got older brothers who can teach me. I got an older sisters. I got younger sisters and brothers that I can teach and help along. I got other brothers and sisters who are apparently the same age because we're helping each other sort through stuff. This is wonderful. Some of you grew up in homes where you didn't have brothers and sisters who helped you. Some of you grew up in a home where you might've had abusive relatives. In the church, you have godly relatives who will help you and you can help them. If that's good news to you, would you say amen? amen. Have you given thanks for that lately? Man, I got people there in a connect group. There was a whole connect group sitting together over here in one of these rows at the first service. It was so great. And they go, our connect group has changed. It's like we're family. They help each other when they're sick. They pray for each other. They encourage each other. They meet together and they share resources and share ideas. I hope you want that. That's what God wants for you and me. That's what we want here as a church, as a big family. It's why we can do all these things together, pool our resources and share ideas and encourage each other and help each other because we're brothers and sisters in Christ part of God's family, all of us, sinners saved by grace with brand new identities. Man, this is good stuff. Have you thanked God for any of this lately? We need to practice something. Turn to at least one person next to you and say, hello, brother. Hello, sister. Or just do it right now. Try it out. Yeah, kind of awkward. Anyway, uh, <laughs> one big awkward family. <laughs> Felt just like Thanksgiving. Wow. Anyway, it's okay if we're a little awkward with this. We need to get used to it. By the way, in heaven, we're going to be together forever. Might as well get used to it now. Thirdly, we have unlimited access to God unlimited access. Don't know if you realize what a privilege this is. You and I can walk into the throne room of heaven anytime we want and talk to God about anything. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. In the Old Testament times, in the temple, there was a section called the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was kept. The only person who could ever walk into that room once a year was the high priest. And if he wasn't right and didn't handle himself right, God could strike him dead. He had to walk behind this thick curtain into that room once a year. When Jesus died on the cross, his last words were, it is finished or paid in full. All of my sins, all your sins were forgiven. Paid in full. And when Jesus gave up his spirit, the gospels tell us that the curtain that the high priest would walk through once a year was torn from top to bottom by an angel. Flung wide open. Nobody had ever been able to look into the most holy place before, ever. And now everyone could because it was made possible to do that by Jesus. This is what the writer of Hebrews is talking about. So, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. 
by his death on the cross, Jesus opened up a new and life-giving way through the curtain, a big thick curtain, into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest, talking about Jesus, who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. A little earlier in Hebrews 4, the same writer said this, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, and there we will receive mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. You can come to God in the middle of the night. You can come to God in the middle of the day. We can come to God by ourselves. We can come to God together. We can come to God and celebrate great victories. We can come to him even when we've blown it and done the most shameful, sinful thing that we swore we'd never do again, and we just did it. We can say, oh, God. You saved me. You died on the cross for my sins. I've accepted you as my Savior. And God, this is an old habit that dies hard. And I indulge in this again. Oh, God, forgive me. Restore a right relationship with you. Please cleanse me of this. And give me victory. And he'll hear you. He won't kick you out? No, he adopted you in his family. You don't adopt a kid. And then when the kid misbehaves, you send him back. Have you thanked God for this? Unlimited access, new identity, new family. You thanked God for this? We need to. Fourthly, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. The Holy Spirit. The night before he's crucified, Jesus gathered his disciples together. And during their conversation, he said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. And above that, you can write helper, counselor. There's different ways to translate it. It just means somebody who walks alongside. The disciples were upset because Jesus had just told them, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. When everything's ready, I'm going to come get you. And they said, well, if you're leaving, what are we going to do? Well, I said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to ask the Father. He'll give you another helper, someone to walk alongside you. I've been walking alongside you for three and a half years. They depended on Jesus for guidance, for direction, for power, all those things. He said, well, now the Holy Spirit will be with you, and he will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world can't receive him because it isn't even looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. He will, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I have told you. He will guide you into all truth. The Apostle Paul reflected on this later in Philippians 2. He said, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Jesus said, look, it's actually good if I go away because you've been depending on me. But when I go away, I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit. And for those who've given their lives to me, I will, I will ask the Father to place the Holy Spirit in you. He'll always be with you. Unlimited access. He'll empower you and the other members of the family. That's what it means to be a new creation. He'll actually change you. I mean, when we talked about before, hey, God is good, and so he sends rain on the good and the wicked alike. I can't, I don't love wicked people. Neither do you. There are a lot of people I don't even like. And a lot of people don't like me. Hard to believe, isn't it? No, I mean... <laughs> It's true. 
Well, how am I going to be good to those people? I've never been good before. Well, this is the amazing thing. When you ask the Lord to come into your heart, he comes in. And as you fellowship with your brothers and sisters, and as you pray to him and go into the throne of heaven, and as we meditate on his word, the Holy Spirit works in us and changes us. And you know it's happening because later on in the New Testament, Paul said, this is the fruit of the spirit. It's like a tree bearing fruit. How do you know what a tree, what kind of tree it is? Well, there's fruit hanging off the branches, apples or pears or whatever it is. Well, the same thing's true in my life. When I come to God and I focus on him and I give my life to him and the Holy Spirit is working in me, all of a sudden I notice that in my life there's love and there's joy and there's peace and there's patience and kindness and goodness. I'm changing. I don't respond the same way I used to respond. I hope you've noticed that since last Thanksgiving. You maybe went through a crisis, but you didn't handle it the way you used to. You received a blessing and you weren't selfish about it. You received a compliment and you weren't prideful. And you may have always been that way before. You heard something and you didn't pass it on. And you always wanted to get rid of a gossiping tongue. And all of a sudden you had self-control and you've never had that before. Maybe you lost weight or overcame an addiction for the first time in your life. And you go, God must be working in me. I remember after I'd been a Christian for a couple of years, I gave my heart to Christ in college. I'd been a Christian for a couple of years and went through a really hard time. And somebody came up to me and said, John, you handled that really well. And I sat there and stared at them for a while. And they said, what's wrong? And I go, nobody's ever told me I've ever handled things well before. No, seriously, I meant that. Oh my goodness. Thank God. It's kind of like when I got married 10 days after I'd been married or something, like, some, I went to work and somebody at work said, man, John, you're dressed nice today. <laughs> Nobody had ever said that before I was married. I wore a lot of sweats and stuff. I got married. My wife took half my clothes and burned them. I mean, that's the way it went. But all of a sudden it's like, hey, with my wife alongside me, I'm better off, way better off. Hey, with God's Holy Spirit inside me, I'm changing. He is changing me. That's why Jesus said, you know a tree by its fruit. Well, if you've started seeing this and people have commented to you, have you thanked God for this? Have you thanked God that he's working in you? If you haven't, you need to. And if you aren't experiencing this, you want to go, hey, I want to talk to somebody. Come talk to us. Our elders, our staff, we would all love to talk to you. We'd tell you, man, if it isn't for the Holy Spirit, we're sunk. Hmm. Number five, we also have peace. Our world says peace is absence of war, absence of conflict, absence of noise like peace and quiet. If you get rid of the troubling stuff, then you have peace. That's not the way the Bible defines peace. Because the Bible says, I just, we talked about this a minute ago. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have lots of trouble. You're going to have bad things happen. In this world, there's going to be crime. In this world, there's going to be death. In this world, there's going to be sorrow. There's going to be pain. It's going to be all horrible things in this world. But Jesus said, I've overcome the world. In the next world, none of that's even going to exist. But I'm going to give you a gift while you're in this world. Listen to this. This is amazing. This is one of the fruit of the Spirit, but Jesus really emphasized this. John 14 again. I am leaving you with a gift, 
peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. This isn't peace in the absence of problems. This is peace in the middle of problems. This is amazing stuff. And it's something to give God thanks for. Philippians 4. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. It doesn't say his peace will change everything so no bad things will ever happen to you again. We're guaranteed of bad things happening to us again in this world. Guaranteed. Bank it. Count on it. Well, how am I going to get through? Jesus said, you're going to have my Holy Spirit living in you. He's going to give you peace. If you want to experience peace, Paul said, here's the way. Take your problem, bring it to God. Remember, you have unlimited access. Give him thanks for all he's done. He's given you an identity, new family, given you his word, given you help, given you the Holy Spirit. Thank him for that. And get your focus back on him. When you get your focus back on him, you'll start to experience peace immediately. It's a sign of maturing in the faith. When we recognize, okay, God, I'm going to be through hard times in this world. This world doesn't last forever. I won't be here forever. But while I'm here, you're going to be with me. You're going to be in me. You're going to be changing me. I need you peace. I need your peace. And he gives it. When people are going through the loss of a loved one, they're going through a terminal uh, illness, when they're going through a tragic accident, a business loss, a divorce, whatever, this is what I always pray for. I pray that they will experience God's peace. I pray it all the time. I've had people call me and they go, you know, I got to tell you something. This is really quite amazing. I've been coming to the Lord talking about this just like and we I give them some scriptures to meditate on, some things to do. I've been doing this, been following this, meeting with the Lord, talking with this, even sought some counsel for some people. My situation hasn't changed at all, but I will tell you what's changed. I have a confident assurance that God's going to get me through this. Does that make sense? I go, yeah, a confident assurance that God's going to get you through this. You know what a biblical name for that is? Peace. God wants us to have peace. He wants us to have him. This isn't in your outline, but it's Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Our world tells us, stay agitated, post online, get mad, get even, let them have it. Tell them off. Yeah. You can drop in some profanity in there. Even better. Man, you showed him. You showed her. You got even. Do you have peace? No. Boy, I got anger though. Man, I have sorrow. Oh, I've got pain. I got rage. Is that what you want? It's not what I want. That's why Jesus said, no, you got to be kind to people that you don't even like. Well, how am I going to do that? Come to me. I'll give you a new identity, give you a new family, unlimited access, Holy Spirit living in you. He'll change you. Then you'll have peace. 
that would be something to be thankful for. Yeah, no matter how hard your life has been, you could give him thanks. He's going to see you through. Some of you need to be hearing that today. He'll see you through. I don't know what you've gone through this last year. Some of you have been through some terribly harrowing things. I'm sorry. In this world, this is it. But Oh, we thank God for Jesus. Six, we have purpose and meaning. I have purpose and meaning because uh, God has things for me to do. We have God's, we're God's masterpiece. He created us new in Christ Jesus. We can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We spent the last four weeks in a series we called Devoted, where we had all kinds of ways that you could be involved in this church. There's a little drop box out in the lobby. Some more of these cards. If you brought your card with you to drop it off today, that's where you drop it off. God has good things for us to do. And we've pooled our resources together and our thoughts. That's what we we're talking before because we're all part of a family now. That's what we do here. Help each other. And now I have purpose. There's a lot more purpose in my life than just eating good food and going on great vacations and having nice stuff. That's it? I mean, that's it? No, that's not it. Now that you've come to Christ, you can tell people about him. In fact, that guy who came uh, to Christ 15 years ago when he was drunk. He said, you know what's crazy is? He goes, now that God has saved me, I help other people escape alcoholism. The hardest thing in my life has now become a stepping stone for me to help other people come to Jesus. God can take something that I think is horrible and unredeemable and use it for good. How is that possible? He is good. It's who he is. Lastly, we have sure and certain hope that Jesus is preparing an eternal home for us in heaven. This is not just a sure and certain hope for us. It's for those we love who've gone before us who are safe now in the arms of Jesus. Oh, please hear this. I can thank God even when I lose a loved one, I can thank God that they are safe in his arms. So I can give thanks even for the most painful thing in my life, that Jesus overcame death. Listen to this. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you I'm going to go prepare a place for you? When everything's ready, I'll come and get you so you will always be with me where I am. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That was Jesus in John 14 and David in Psalm 23. And here is uh, the one uh, sitting on the throne of heaven, God himself, telling John to write this down in Revelation 21. Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them. They will be his people. God himself will be with them. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. In heaven. They are not gone forever here. That's why we need a family. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need unlimited access to the throne room. That's why we need peace. That's why we need a new life. It's why we need to be born again. Do not say it shouldn't be that way here. It is that way here. It will never be that way in heaven. That's why we need Jesus. It does no good to say that gravity shouldn't happen. That's why we stick to the floor. 
It does no good. What does do good is to embrace our purpose and remind ourselves we are here to point people to Jesus who overcame sin, who overcame death on the cross, was resurrected from the tomb and promises new life to all who come to him, eternal life to all who trust in him. And this we can give thanks for. He is good forever. You have a little card. Please take this out. This little thank God card. It's blank on the back. Four ways we can prevent crash landing into Thanksgiving this Thursday. One, we can make a list of things for which we are grateful to God. Could be something off the front page. Could be relationships, opportunities, blessings. Could be something off the inside. God's presence, uh, being born again, God's peace, God's Holy Spirit, unlimited access, any of those things. Write it on the card. We're going to give you a few minutes before you leave. In fact, worship team, you guys would come on the stage right now. We're going to let them sing. They're going to lead us in song. Don't want you to sing along. Just want you, them to have the music while we're uh, filling this out. Secondly, we can thank God for these things by telling him out loud that we are grateful for the items on the list. It is so important after you write this, keep it in your purse, keep it in your Bible, keep it in your car, keep it in your desk. And when you're all by yourself, you can thank God for this. And it's important you say it out loud. Why do I have to say it out loud? Well, my wife loves it when I tell her she's beautiful. She doesn't like it when I go. What are you doing? I'm thinking you're beautiful. There's a difference. Hey, did you enjoy that meal? Yeah, did you tell your spouse or did you tell the one who prepared it? No, but I thought it. Yeah, but God knows our thoughts. Yes, he does. But you know why it's important to tell them out loud? It's the reason we get together and sing praise songs. It's important for us to say it out loud. We also get blessed when we do that. You can do this at your table on Thanksgiving Day. You can do it. You can keep it in your car. Step four, you can thank God every day. Keep this little list. You can do it at a stoplight. And instead of cursing how long the stoplight is, you can give thanks for one or two things. Better use your time. Thank God for heaven. Thank God for new life. I'm going to pray for a few things of thanks. And I want you to take a minute and just write some things out that are thankful. I promise you it's an antidote to worry and fear and negative thinking. Best thing you can possibly do. Praise God we have a holiday for it. Heavenly Father, we come before you in praise and worship and adoration. And we thank you for sending your son Jesus to give us life, to give us forgiveness, and to give us a place in your family. We thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to guide us and empower us every day. We thank you for working in and through us and for the fruit of the Spirit becoming more evident love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Thank you for all the ways you've helped us and intervened on our behalf. Thank you for your plan for our lives, for creating, with a, creating us with a high purpose in mind and for giving us a sense of worth. Thank you for loving us unconditionally and never leaving or forsaking us no matter what we do. Thank you for being at all the moments in our lives, the rough and the smooth, and bringing us through those moments to a place of maturity and giving us peace. Thank you for your living word that strengthens and empowers us. 
Thank you for lifting us up when we fall, enabling us to rise up out of discouragement and walk in joy. Thank you for making all things work together for good as we place our trust in you. Thank you for blessing us as we come in and go out. Thank you for your goodness and mercy that follow us wherever we go. Thank you for enabling us to forsake all negative thoughts today and to give you thanks. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen.